In Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, the few verses down, God says the following things to us. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of the creation. For by him all things were created, both in heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn of the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. This is the Christ that we serve. This is the deliverer who has given us redemption. This is the savior of the world. He who has transferred us from the world of darkness into the world of light. We who were not a people, today we are a people. And God has declared in his scripture that we are the chosen race. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. God's own people. Who have been redeemed by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Which scripture says is not cheap. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ is expensive. Neither silver nor gold has purchased you, but the blood of the Lamb, unblemished, to reconcile you and me to our Father in heaven. It is that Christ, the Redeemer, the Savior, that today's scripture calls you and me to proclaim that good news. Are we ready to proclaim that good news? Do we in our existence as we live daily experience that joy that cometh into our hearts because the Holy Spirit has shed it in our hearts, declaring as a seal that indeed we belong to God? I always tell my children and everyone, when you look at yourself, count you not to be of no significance. For we are mighty before God. We are so precious before God. We are so wonderful before God. For when the angel sinned against God, he has locked them in darkness, waiting for that moment of petition. But to man, when he looked down to man, man who was lost, Man who sinned, 
God was moved. God was moved. The angels he punished. He banished them from his presence. He turned them out from me. You disobedient angels. Man was disobedient. He was banished, yes, from the Garden of Eden. But in the compassion of God, in his all-knowing wisdom, it failed God to keep man in that position of desolation. And although there was nothing that could receive man, God decided to send his only begotten son to come and suffer the humiliation that we were taught over Easter. Just to reclaim your life. Your life, therefore, is important before God. Scripture tells us that our coming to the knowledge of our God and Christ as our Savior is not an act that we bring upon ourselves because of our intellect. It is something which is beyond our abilities. It is only possible because God is merciful. God is a gracious God. It takes the Holy Spirit sent by our beloved Jesus Christ to come into our hearts to convict us of sin and change us into repentance. We receive salvation from God as a matter of grace. And Paul says, it is by grace that we are saved and not by works, lest anyone Brethren in Christ, it is this beloved God, this God who cared so much for us, but in the word that we have received today, we are exalted to proclaim the good news. We actually, it amazes me that God has had to ask us to do that. This is something that should have come out of our hearts as a natural consequence of this redemption that we have received. Having been delivered from this power of darkness, translated into a kingdom of light, should definitely be a reason to rejoice, and therefore a propulsion within us to declare to the world what this Christ is and what he has done in our hearts and our lives. Scripture tells us
And the good news according to John, chapter 1, verse 12 to 13. This is what God says to us. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. She introduced me as Philemon Dolo. I belong to a man called Endolo. For me to be born, I guess my dad decided with my mom, I think we had better have another child. By the providence of God, I was born. Some of us were born by accident. Maybe our parents never planned us. Maybe the will of the flesh. Whatever happened, there we were, we were born. But here God is declaring categorically that you who believe in Jesus Christ, who claim to be Christians, who claim to have been saved, you are born again. You are no longer the old creation. You are a new creation, born by the will of God. He himself determining that I want Ellen to be born. I want Evan to be born. I want Terry to be born, not to the flesh, but in the spirit, born of God of the seed of God. We are not simple people. No, we are not. We are not simple people. Belittle yourself not. It had to take God to decide to give birth to you. Not by the will of man, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of anything else, but God himself determined to generate you, to give birth to you. And the scripture declares that even before the world was formed, he had determined, I will have my child Evan, I will have my child Terry. You, God determined that he will bring you up into existence by his own will. And then he tells us, it's by grace that you are born. For while we were yet sinners, God died for us. There is no love greater than this. If you heard that Ndolo is a murderer, you will not want me to stand here and preach. You will get out of this church in protest. How can we have a murderer stand there and preach unto us? If you hear a prostitute, you will not allow me to preach unto you. We are too judgmental in our approach, in our relations with others, but it is to the same people that God extends a welcoming hand. Come, murderers. Come, 
prostitutes, come! Object liars, come! Unto him. Through his own grace, we are here today. And the scripture today is telling us, proclaim this good news. That even murderers are welcome. Thieves are welcome. The rejects of society are welcome. This is a loving God. This is a caring God. This is a God who declares, when I love you and grab you in my hand, nothing is going to take you out of my hand. Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. He who has yielded his life unto God, unto Christ, they are doomed because nothing will snatch them out from the hand of God. Nothing. And God wants you to do something. That's what scripture is telling us. We have been saved to do something. We have been saved to perform works. God has redeemed us, removed us from darkness into the world of light so that we can do wonderful works, declaring the marvelous works of God that he has done unto our hearts, unto our lives. As a gesture or a symbol, this day when Jesus is riding on a donkey, entering this city, the scripture says, when the disciples saw Christ coming on the donkey, they remembered the miracles and the mighty works that he did. And they started shouting, Hosanna! Hosanna! And the people that were there felt very bad and they said, Hey, Jesus, stop these guys. They are making noise. And Jesus pointed to this. If these guys stop shouting Hosanna to me, truly I tell you, the stones will shout. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren in Christ, what a contrast. Do we really have to take God to remind us that if we do not tell the world what he has done to us, the stones will do it. Stone. Stone you will do it. Stone. Stone you will talk. Stone. Stone you will tell the world about Christ because I have refused. Because I have shut up I have feared people because I think I'll be considered stupid. Because I think I'll be considered foolish. I have shut up. Stone you will tell the people. Stone you will talk. You will proclaim to the world that Christ is risen. Christ is the Savior. Shame on you. Shame on you and me if it has to take a stone to declare the goodness and love of God. When God has done so much for us, why do we keep quiet? Why do we fear to be ridiculed because of Christ? 
Why do we fear to be judged because of Christ, our Redeemer, our Savior? After all, where are you going after you have been buried? Christ is welcoming us to his home. Christ wants you to do something for him. And what he wants you to do is to talk. Tell the people, tell the world that Christ is here and is waiting. Sisters and brothers in Christ, we are a redeemed people. And God wants us to declare this to the world. God wants us to go out and tell the world that this is what he has done. But you and me, we shut up. We prefer to be quiet. The mother of Jesus was invited to a wedding. And the scripture says Christ too and his disciples were invited. As they celebrated the wedding feast of the marriage feast, they ran out of wine, so the scripture says. And the mother of Christ ran unto Jesus. I guess Jesus was hanging out with his disciples and other guys taking the wine. And the mother comes at home. The wine is run out. What does Jesus do? He turns around. Very ironical. I think I don't understand. Honestly, I'll be speculating if I say why Jesus did that. But what Jesus did was he turned around and he didn't say, oh, my mother. Uh-uh. He said, woman. Now, mothers who are here, what does it mean to you if your own child says, Hey, woman, something has gone really bad there. <laughs> and that's what Jesus said to this mother, to his mother, woman, what has this got to do with me? My hour has been. Something that makes me love mummies. Oh, mummies are great. You know, this mom, the mother of Jesus, even though she was rebuked like that, she looked at Jesus and said, Ah! Turned around and looked at the servants who were waiting on them, and she simply said, Hey, just do what he tells you to do. And she goes away. That marks a lot of confidence in what Jesus can do, right? A lot, a lot of confidence. Because how Jesus having said, Woman, what has this got to do with this? Jesus' mother said, Guys, just do what he says. <laughs> and she goes away. That is what God wants you and me to do. Even when others will think it is inappropriate. We will bring Jesus to bear in the situation. Hallelujah! That is what Jesus is expecting of us. It did not matter what Jesus said. The mother was confident. He is going to do something about this. So where could that confidence have come from? Just mere speculation? No. 
Mothers are intimate with their children. They are. They know their children. Actually, I love it sitting at the back when I see daddies hanging with their daughters and climbing over them and moms running around. That gives them more interaction with the children and they begin to understand their children. When I do this, it's not good. When I do this, when I do this. And they go and brag to their friends. Oh, my daughter doesn't like this. Oh, my daughter. Oh, my daughter. Oh, my son. Because that comes from engaging with their children. Now, Jesus' mom, I guess, understood this. When she ran to Jesus to say, hey, man, the wine is run out. And although Jesus rebuked her, when she was going away, she said, Hey guys, just do what he tells you. I love Mary. Oh, Mary, my Lord Jesus. That confidence, that confidence you and me can have. And it comes by intimacy with his word. In the beginning there was word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Christians today, let us love his word. By becoming intimate with his word, when situations confront us, we got to face them and say, in this, God is going to do it for me. Yes. How do I mean God is going to do it for me? Because you have confidence. You have engaged with God. You have struggled and wrangled with God. And God has imparted his nature in you. So come situations, you'll be able to stand up and say, God, after all, scripture is beautiful. It tells us of people that argued with God. God says this, and the man says this. God says this, and the man says, God is tyrant. Allowing us in our simple humanity to argue with him and reach a point of total dependence. And God says, yes, I have never seen such faith as this. That's what Mary did. Woman, what has this got to do with me? Just do what it tells you. But goes away. And the servants didn't have to ask. They simply waited on Jesus. When his hour came, he told them, fill up the jars, do this, and do Pick up the water, give it to the wonderful. Have that courage to stand for Christ. Declare and proclaim what God has done in your life. Leave it to God to play out the gymnastics. Forget the dynamics of what people will say, how, what. Leave that to God. He is the author and finisher of our faith. Our job is to declare that he is great. How shall they have faith if they cannot hear? How will they not hear if you 